If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, what a deal it is for the AFL players. We're going to get to Paul Marsh. Yes, he's with us. He is ready to go with a new collective bargaining agreement. The first time the AFLW and AFL players will share the collective bargaining agreement. And he joins us now. Uh, Paul, you must be a tired, relieved and happy person. Thanks for your time and welcome to the show. Yeah, morning, boys. Good to speak. Yeah, it's been a, um, it's been a, a pretty big few weeks, but I'm uh, pretty happy to get it done. How willing did it get? I mean, uh, uh, not that long ago you were on with Gary and Tim, I think, and you said, look, we're, we're not where we need to be. And you were, you know, I guess, talking about taking some action. You didn't specify what that action might have been. But take us inside what sounded like a pretty frosty negotiations with the AFL. I mean, it was, it was a difficult. Uh, there are always difficult deals to get done, and this one was probably even more complicated by you know, trying to bring both playing groups into one deal. Um, I think yeah, there were certainly times where you started to wonder whether it was going to get done, but I think what we have done pretty well over the journey with the AFL is find a way. Um, you know, I've got respect for the way that Gil's gone about it. You know, it's always been about trying to find solutions, and I don't think it's spilled over at any point um, in a in a real way. It was just keep working through it, and you know, fortunately, we got there. Mm. The players had to vote on it. Uh, what was the percentage that voted yes? Yeah, it was just over ninety-eight percent. So I think mm. the men were just over ninety-five, and the women were ninety-nine point seven. So it was pretty overwhelming. Um, and so to get such a large group of people to to approve it, I think probably spoke to the the deal itself. The players were happy, um, and you know, I think it's a really good time now for the game to work together, move forward, and you know I think we've got a lot to do over the next few years. So um, yeah, good outcome. Marcy, congratulations! I reckon you've done a great job, and uh, for both both co both sort of sides of the coin here for the women's comp and the, the men's comp, five hundred nineteen thousand the average wage by twenty twenty seven. Is that the, about the right number? Morning, Kingy. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, it's the number we agreed. I think um, yeah, there's a lot of players in our in our league, and so that's always one of the challenges is to you know the amount of money at two point two six billion dollars over five years is a lot. Um, but we've got a lot of mouths to feed. I think it's right. It's a, it's a jump of about 130000 from where it is now um, by the end of the five years. So I think from our perspective, it's, it's a good amount. And again, the players voted for it. So I, I assume they think it's a good number too. So what was your biggest win, do you think, as, as a collective, as a body? I mean, you've, you've given up a little bit with the, the Thursday games. By the looks, there'll be, uh, there'll be a lot more of those next year and beyond. So that was a concession, I think, from the players. What was your biggest win? Oh, look, I think there are a few things. I mean, these things are, you know, the headline's always what the players are getting paid, and I think that good outcomes for both, particularly, you know, where we're trying to get the W players up to a a level where they've got real choices now, and I think that that's important. You know, we've got got to a point now where they can actually commit to football, and I think we'll see that flow through into the quality of the players in the competition. I think that the outcome for the past players is really significant. Um, You know, we've got 
I know you talk about it a lot, but we've got, you know, concussion is a major issue for our game. And I think to be able to provide a fund here that the players can tap into for the rest of their lives, you know, something that we're really proud of. Um, I think they're probably the headlines, but there's lots of lots of other things. I mean, the money and the support that will go into players' off-field activities to try to get them ready for life after footy. Um, we've got a real commitment from the AFL around some of the people issues that we've been working through around race and gender, health and safety. I think there's, there's lots of wins, and that's what these types of things are about, is you know, understanding what the players think is important and then getting on with trying to find outcomes. How do you envisage the mid-season trade period working, Paul? And when will you have, a, I guess, a breakdown of how that's going to work? Yeah, look, it's probably one of about half a dozen things that we still have to work through with the AFL. So the AFL have now got the option to do it. Um, whether they do it next year is still up in the air. I think some of the clubs are not sold on it yet. So we'll get to work on it. Um, personally, I think... You know, if we're going to do it, we should open it up. I don't think we should put too many restrictions around it. The AFL may want to put some restrictions around it, so that's still to be negotiated. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think it's a bad thing. We canvassed this with all the playing groups over the last few months, and I think most players saw it as an opportunity rather than something that was a problem. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I, I'm, we'll get that in order, and then the AFL will have options from next year, and whether they take that up is, is to be seen. This is locked up till 2027. I'm just wondering what you're actually going to do. What's your role for the next four years now this is done, Marsh? You've got nothing to do. <laughs> Talk to people like you, me, I think. Um, no, no, we got, look, we got lots of work to do. I mean, I think the stuff that does honestly get unseen is that all the support we provide to the players. This industry um, has more issues than most. So, you know, there'll probably be something that pops up today that we'll have to deal with, and that's, um, that's all part of the job. Okay. Can I just touch on the concussion discussion you were having a moment ago? Where it was five years ago to where it is now, it's, it's been a radical change and we, we have all accepted that uh, the code needed to make some some shifts uh, and some concessions as well with the suspensions and the like. How are you seeing that in terms of the, the rule changes we've made? I know you don't go too deep on those, but it, it is going to have a significant effect on the amount of trauma for those past players. Oh, I think the game is getting safer every year. Um, you know, I think we, as we've learned more about concussion, it's you know the game's responded to that, and you've only got to look back over all the changes to know that that's that's the case. Um, so I think that'll continue to happen as we know more. I think we'll you know we'll get to a point I reckon at some at some stage where um, you know we've got a better ability to understand what's happened in real time, but you can't do anything about what's happened to the past players here other than provide them with support and that's you know one of the things that we've been able to achieve through this CBA is greater support for that group and um, it's something that we all take very seriously. Paul, we've had a couple of uh, coaches speak out about the amount of leave players are entitled to now and I actually agree with them that I think it's too much. It seems that though from what I've read the leave has increased in this new deal. Is that accurate and how much time do the players actually get off? Well, I think you know, one of the things about this, I've heard you talk about it before. Um, I mean, the players start going again about two weeks after they finish playing. But, so they're training every day in their in their leave periods. But they don't have to get back into the club um, for a little while. Now, it depends on where they finish their season. So for a one- to four-year player who missed the finals, they'll be back in early November. Um, and then 
at the other end of the spectrum, the teams that make the finals, the five-year-plus players will be back early December. But they are training the whole time. And I think this has been a good shift for the industry. Um, you know, I think players getting away from the club and having a mental break and and just you know being able to get out and do it on their own. I, mean, I don't hear anyone saying that the players aren't fit enough. They have a pretty significant um, pre-season period as it is. So, I mean, what we've done in the CBA really is locked in what's been in practice for the last few years. We, we increased leave during the period of this last CBA, particularly off the back of COVID. Um, you know, all the, all the tracking we do of the players would suggest that they're in as good a as, good as base as they've been. And I think this is just a sensible outcome. So, Do the, the clubs, do the clubs agree CBA. with that? Oh, some clubs do and some clubs don't, but mm. that's that's just the reality of it. I think the clubs that miss the finals, um, will their players will come back a week earlier. Um, I believe they're comfortable with that. Certainly the AFL agreed to it. The clubs that make the finals will come back that week later. So, um, you know, I think the balance is good here. Did a great job for the AFLW uh, women, uh, I, I think. Marshy, when you look at the, the average wage jumping from forty six to $82,000, it just gives them an opportunity to to go full-time, to make this a, a, more than just a, a passion, to actually make it a, a significant career. What, what's the feedback been like from the AFLW fraternity to, to Paul Marsh? Yeah, it's been it's been really positive. So, you know, I think, as I said, 99.7% voted for it. We've had lots of nice messages. Um, and I think this just gives the players a chance to, to commit to football. And that's you know, that's all an athlete really wants is an ability to have the time, have the financial ability to, to throw everything into their sport. And, um, you know, I think we're going to see the, the results of that over the next few years. So it's a great outcome. I think they deserve it. And I think the competition will look back on this with, a, um, you know, this, this being the turning point for AFLW. And there's some key metrics, is there, in, in terms of attendance and um, the amount of people watching on, on TV and those broadcast figures as to how quickly the game can grow even further. Is that accurate, Marshy? Yeah, so, I mean, we'll go to 11 games next season, 12 the season after, and then there's an ability to get to 14 games in this CBA, but it will be based on metrics. So, we, you know, obviously, we're, this is about trying to align everyone in growing the competition and the players have got an important role to play there. The AFL and the clubs have got an important role to play in the marketing and promotion and development of the game. And, you know, what we want from here is a competition where everyone's heading in the same direction and it's growing. So um, this, this deal allows us to do that. The clause about uh, the, the 23 selected players being yes. available to the media, um, are you confident that everyone will buy into that from a from a Dustin Martin to a player who's been involved in a controversial incident on game day that then has to front up, use Braden Maynard for an example from a couple of weeks ago. Are you confident there'll be full buy-in for that? I think, you know, by and large there will be. I mean, there, there will be circumstances where for, for whatever reason, you know, it won't be appropriate for a player to, to do media in a week. But I think, again, the commitment here is it's not that hard. Um, it's a place that we've been for a little while. I think the clubs are also needing to, going to need to buy into this. But you know, it's about promotion of the game, and it's it's important. So you know, our our model, and both groups of players are in this model now, is the players get paid based on a share of the game's revenues, and so we're all incentivised to keep pushing and growing, and that's important. Marsh, you've done a fantastic job with this CBA. I think it's a, it's a win for all parties. Uh, really, it's, it's very hard to get to this to this situation. 
In 10 years' time, and I know you haven't had much of a chance to just catch your feet or catch your breath just yet, but um, what would be the, the next phase of these sorts of developments? Will it be, do you think, at one point exactly tied to the revenue? Uh, I know you challenged on, on this in the previous negotiation, but do you think that we will – do you think we are tracking more like the American models um, of, of the current day or not? Um, I'm not sure I understand the question, King. Are you saying that we're going to do you think the grow next, the revenue? Yes, yeah, yeah. Do you think it'll do you think it'll change from the model that it is now to to something quite radically different uh, in the next the next rights or two? Oh, look, I think I mean our players' salaries are tied to the revenues, so I guess the question will be, you know, I think that that means everyone's incentivised to grow, and that's mm. that's what you know. My personal belief has always been. Um, as you know, I did this in cricket, and it was the same model. It's a, it's a, just something that we believe in because it's good for the players and good for the game. Now, does the player share grow over time? Yeah, I mean maybe it does, but that's always a negotiation, you know, each time. But if the revenues are growing and you've locked into a percentage, well, then the salaries automatically grow with that. Now, it's up to all of us to keep the game growing, and that's um, you know that's part of the challenge, I think. Paul, put your feet up, uh, yes. enjoy for a couple of days, enjoy the footy and uh, congratulations. We appreciate your time, which you're always generous with. Thanks, guys. Good chat. Aaron, Aaron, on the, uh, Aaron on the text message there, he wants him to come and do the negotiation for the Victorian secondary teachers. That's a good rap for Marshy. He's <laughs> a, a very good rap. Oh, it's a great deal. It's a great deal for WD-40. Uh, seven decades, one solution. WD-40 multi-use product, seven decades, one solution. Available at all leading retailers. Big programs still to come. Dennis Pagan, Riley Beveridge, and the Friday Agenda coming up next.